Chapters 26 through 30 of The History of Reynard the Fox. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Caden von Clegg. The History of Reynard the Fox. Edited by Henry Morley. Chapter 26. How Grimbert the Das warned the fox that the king was wroth with him and would slay him. All these words heard Grimbert the Das, which was his brother's son. He was sorry and angry. If it might have profited, he ran then the highway to Malapardoisward. He spared neither bush nay ha, but he hasted so sore that he sweat. He sorrowed in himself for Reynard his red M, and as he went he said to himself, Alas! In what danger be ye coming in? Where shall ye become? Shall I see you brought from life to death, or else exiled out of the land? Truly I may be well sorrowful, for ye be head of all our lineage. Ye be wise of counsel, ye be ready to help your friends when they have need. Ye can so well show your reasons that where ye speak ye win all. With such manner wailing and piteous words came Grimbert to Malapardois and found Reynard his M there standing, which had gotten two pigeons as they came first out of their nest to assay if they could fly, and because the feathers on their wings were too short they fell down to the ground, and as Reynard was gone out to seek his meat he espied them and caught them, and was coming home with them, and when he saw Grimbert coming he tarried and said, Welcome, my best beloved nephew that I know in all my kindred. Ye have run fast, ye been all besweat. Have ye any new tidings? Alas, said he, Leif am, it standeth evil with you. Ye have lost both life and good. The king hath sworn that he shall give you a shameful death. He hath commanded all his folk within six days for to be here, archers, footmen, horsemen, and people in wains, and he hath guns, bombards, tents, and pavilions, and also he hath due laden torches. See to fore you, for ye have need. East Grim and Bruin bend better now with the king than I am with you. All that they will is done. East Grim hath done him to understand that ye be a thief and a murderer. He hath great envy to you. Lepreel, the coney, and Corbin the rook have made a great complaint also. I sorrow much for your life that for dread I am all sick. Puff, said the fox. Dear nephew, is there nothing else? Be ye so sore afraid hereof? Make good cheer heartily. Though the king himself and all that been in the court hath sworn my death, yet shall I be exalted above them all. They may all fast jangle, clatter, and give counsel, but the court may not prosper without me and my wiles and subtlety. Chapter 27 How Reign of the Fox Came Another Time to the Court Dear Nephew, let all these things pass, and come herein and see what I shall give you, a good pair of fat pigeons. I love no meat better. They've been good to digest. They may almost be swallowing in all whole. The bones been half blood. I eat them with that other. I feel myself other while encumbered in my stomach, therefore eat I gladly light meat. My wife Ermeline shall receive us friendly, but tell her nothing of this thing, for she should take it over heavily. She is tender of heart. She might for fear fall in some sickness. A little thing goeth sore to her heart and to-morrow early I will go with you to the court, and if I may come to speech and may be heard, I shall so answer that I shall touch some nigh now. Nephew, will not ye stand by me as a friend ought to do to another? 
yes truly dear m said grimbert and all my good is at your commandment god thank you nephew said the fox that is well said if i may live i shall quite at you m said grimbert ye may well come to fore all the lords and excuse you there shall none arrest you nay hold as long as ye be in your words the queen and the leopard have gotten that then the fox said therefore i am glad then i care not for the best of them and hair i shall well save myself they spoke no more hereof but went forth into the burrow and found ermeline there sitting by her younglings which arose up anon and received them friendly grimbert saluted his aunt and the children with friendly words the two pigeons were made ready for their supper which reynard had taken each of them took his part as far as it would stretch if each of them had had one more there should but little have left over the fox said leaf nephew how like ye my children rossel and reynardine they shall do worship to all our lineage they begin already to do well that one catcheth well a chicken and that other a pullet they con well also duck in the water after loppings and ducks i would off send them for provender but i will first teach them how they shall keep them from the grins from the hunters and from the hounds if they were so far coming that they were wise i durst well trust to them that they should well victual us in many good diverse meats that we now lack and they like and follow me well for they play all grimming and where they hate they look friendly and merrily for thereby they bring them under their feet and bite the throat asunder this is the nature of the fox they be swift in their taking which pleaseth me well m said grimbert ye may be glad that ye have such wise children am i glad of them also because they be of my kin grimbert said the fox ye have sweat and be weary it were high tide that ye were at your rest m if it pleaseth you it thinketh me good though lay they down on a litter made of straw the fox's wife and his children went all to sleep but the fox was all heavy and lay sighed and sorrowed how he might best excuse himself on the morrow early he roomed his castle and went with grimbert but he took leave first of dame ermeline his wife and of his children and said think not long i must go to the court with grimbert my cousin if i tarry somewhat be not afraid and if ye hear any ill tidings take it all way for the best and see well to yourself and keep our castle well i shall do yonder the best i can after that i see how it goeth alas reynard said she how have ye now thus taken upon you for to go to the court again the last time that ye were there ye were in great jeopardy of your life and ye said ye would never come there more dame said the fox the adventure of the world is wonderly it goeth other while by weaning many one weaneth to have a thing which he must forego i must needs now go thither be content it is all without dread i hope to come at all the langest within five days again herewith he departed and went with grimbert to the courtward and when they were upon the heath then said reynard nephew sith i was last shriven i have done many shrewd turns i would ye would hear me now of all that i have trespassed in i made the bear to have great wound for mail which was cut out of his skin and also i made the wolf and his wife to lose their shoon i pleased the king with great leasings and bare him on hand that the wolf and the bear would have betrayed him and would have slain him so i made the king right wroth with them where they deserved it not also i told the king that there was great treasure in holsterlow of which he was never the better nay richer 
for I lied all that I said. I led Belen the ram, and Kuert the hare with me, and slew Kuert, and sent to the king by Belen Kuert's head in scorn. And I dowed the coney between the ears, that almost I benam his life from him, for he escaped against my will. He was to me over-swift. The rook may well complain, for I swallowed in Dame Sharpebeck, his wife. And also I have forgotten one thing, the last time that I was shriven to you, which I have sith bethought me. And it was of great deceit that I did, which I now will tell you. I came with the wolf walking between Hauthulst and Elverdinge. There saw we go a red mare, and she had a black colt, or a foal of four months old, which was good and fat. Eastgreen was almost starven for hunger, and prayed me go to the mare, and wit of her if she would sell her foal. I ran fast to the mare and asked that of her. She said she would sell it for money. I demanded of her how she would sell it. She said, It is written on my hinderfoot. If ye can read and be a clerk, ye may come, see, and read it. Though wist I well where she would be, and I said, Nay, forsooth, I cannot read, and also I desired not to buy your child. Eastgrim hath sent me hither, and would fain know the price thereof. The mare said, Let him come himself, and I shall let him have knowledge. I said I shall, and hastily went to Eastgrim, and said, M, will you eat your belly full of this colt? So go fast to the mare, for she tarrieth after you. She hath to write the price of her colt under her foot. She would that I should have read it, but I cannot one letter, which me sore repenteth, for I went never to school. M, will ye buy the colt? Can ye read, so may ye buy it? O oh, nephew, that I can well. What should me let? I can well French, Latin, English, and Dutch. I have gone to school at Oxenford. I have also with old and ancient doctors been in the audience and heard pleas, and also have given sentence. I am licensed in both laws. What manner writing that any man can devise, I can read it as perfectly as my name. I will go to her, and shall anon understand the price. And he bade me to tarry for him, and he ran to the mare, and asked her how she would sell her foal or keep it. She said, The sum of money standeth written after on my foot. He said, Let me read it. She said, Do, and lift up her foot, which was new shod with iron and six strong nails, and she smote him without missing on his head, that he fell down as he had been dead. A man should well have ridden a mile ere he arose. The mare trotted away with her colt, and she left Eastgrim lying shrewdly hurt and wounded. She lay and bled and howled as an hound. I went though to him and said, Sir Eastgrim, dear M, how is it now with you? Have you eaten ye you know of the colt? Is your belly full? Why give ye me no part? I did your errand. Have slept ye your dinner? I pray you tell me, what was written under the mare's foot? What was it, prose or rhyme, meter or verse? I would fain know it. I trow it was cantum, for I heard you sing, methought, from fear. For ye were so wise that no man could read it better than ye. Alas, Reynard, alas, said the wolf, I pray you to leave your mocking. I am so foul arrayed and sore hurt that an heart of stone might have pity on me. The mare with her long leg had an iron foot. I weaned the nails thereof had been letters, and she hit me at the first stroke six great wounds in my head that almost it is cloven. Such manner letters shall I never more desire to read. Dear M, is that truth that ye tell me? I have great merveil. I held you for one of the wisest clerks that now live. Now I hear well it is true that I long since have read and heard that the best clerks bend not the wisest men. The lay people otherwise wax wise. 
the cause that these clerks bend not the wisest is that they study so much in the cunning and science that they therein duel thus brought i east grim in this great haste and harm that he unneth beheld his life leaf nephew now i have told you all my sins that i remember whatsoever fall at the court i wrote never how it shall stand with me there i am not now so sore afraid for i am clear from sin i will gladly come to mercy and receive penance by your counsel grimbert said the trespass has been great nevertheless who that is dead must abide dead and therefore i will forgive it you altogether with the fear that ye shall suffer therefore ere ye shall con excuse you of the death and hereupon i will assoil you but the most hinder that ye shall have shall be that ye sent cuart's head to the court and that ye blinded the king with sooth lies and that was right evil done the fox said what leaf nephew who that will go through this world this to hear and that to see and that other to tell truly it may not clearly be done how should any man handle honey but if he licked his fingers i am oft-times roared and pricked in my conscience as to love god above all thing and mine even christian as myself as is to god well acceptable and according to his law but how ween ye that reason within forth fighteth against the outward will then stand i all still in myself that me thinketh i have lost all my wits and wot not what me aileth i am then in such a thought i have now all left my sins and hate all thing that is not good and climb in high contemplation upon his commandments but this special grace have i when i am alone but in a short while after when the world cometh in me then find i in my way so many stones and the footspores that these loose prelates and rich priests go in that i am anon taken again then cometh the world and will have this and the flesh will live pleasantly which lay to fore me so many things that i then lose all my good thoughts and purpose i hear their sing pipe laugh play and all mirth and i hear that these prelates and rich curates preach and say all otherwise than they think and do there learn i to lie the leasing's been most used in the lord's courts certainly lords ladies priests and clerks making most leasings men dare not tell to the lords now the truth there is default i must flatter and lie also or else i should be shut without the door i have often heard men say truth and rightfully and have their reason made with a leasing like to their purpose who brought it in and went through because their matter should seem the fairer the leasing oft-times cometh unadvised, and falleth in the matter unwittingly, and so, when she is well clad, it goeth forth through with that other. Dear nephew, thus must men now lie ne'er and there, say sooth, flatter and menace, pray and curse, and seek every man upon his feeblest and weakest, who otherwise will now haunt and use the world than devise a leasing in the fairest wise, and that be wimple with kerchiefs about in such wise that men take it for a truth he is not run away from his master can he that subtlety in such wise that he stammer not in his words and may then be heard nephew this man may do wonder he may wear scarlet and grease he winneth in the spiritual law and temporal also and wheresomever he hath to do now bend there many false shrews that have great envy that they have so great fardel and ween that they can also well lie and take on them to lie and to tell it forth he would fain eat of the fat morsels but he is not believed nay heard and many been there that be so plump and foolish 
that when they ween best to pronounce and show their matter and conclude, they fall beside and out thereof, and cannot then help themselves, and leave their matter without tail or head, and he is a compted for a fool, and many mock them therewith. But who can give to his leasing a conclusion, and pronounce it without tattling, like as it were written to for him, and that he can so blind the people that his leasing shall be better believed than the truth? That is the man. What cunning is it to say that truth that is good to do? How laugh these false subtle shrews that give counsel, to make these leasings and set them forth, and make an unright go above right, and make in bills and set in things that never were thought nay said, and teach men see through their fingers and all for to win money and let their tongues to hire, for to maintain and strengthen their leasings? Alas, nephew, this is an evil cunning, of which life scathe and hurt may come thereof. I say not, but that otherwhile men must jape, board, and lie in small things. For whoso saith alway truth, he may not now go nowhere through the world. There been many that play placebo, whose alway saith truth shall find many lettings in his way. Men may well lie when it is need, and after amend it by counsel. For all trespasses there is mercy. There is no man so wise, but he dooleth otherwhile. Grimbert said, well dear am what thing shall you let ye know all thing at the narrowest ye should bring me hastily and doting your reasons pass in my understanding what need have ye to shrive you ye should yourself by right be the priest and let me and other sheep come to you for to be shriven ye know the state of the world in such wise as no man may halt to fore you with such manner talking they came walking into the court the fox sorrowed somewhat in his heart, nevertheless he bare it out and striked forth through all the folk till he came into the place where the king himself was. And Grimbert was alway by the fox, and said, Em, be not afraid, and make good cheer. Who that is hardy, the adventure helpeth him. Oft times one day is better than sometime a whole year. The fox said, Nephew, ye say truth. God thank you. Ye comfort me well. And forth he went, and looked grimly here and there, as who saith, What will ye? Here I come. He saw there many of his kin standing, which yawned him but little good, as the otter, beaver, and other to the number of ten whom I shall name afterward. And some were there that loved him. The fox came in and fell down on his knees to for the king, and began his words, and said, Chapter 28 How Reynard the Fox Excused Him Before the King god from whom nothing may be hid and above all thing is mighty save my lord the king and my lady the queen and give him grace to know he hath right and who hath wrong for there live many in the world that seem otherwise outward than they be within i would that god showed openly every man's misdeeds and all their trespasses stood and written in their foreheads and it cost me more than i now say and that ye, my lord the king, knew as much as I do how I dispose me both early and late in your service. And therefore am I complained on of the evil shrews, and with leasings am I put out of your grace and conceit, and would charge me with great offences, without deserving against all right. Wherefore I cry out harrow on them that so falsely have belied me, and brought me in such trouble. Howbeit I hope and know you both, my lord and my lady, for so wise and discreet, that ye be not led nor believe such leasings nay false tales out of the right way, for ye have not be warned so to do, 
Therefore, dear Lord, I beseech you to consider by your wisdom all things by right and law. Is it in deed or in speech, do every man right? I desire no better. He that is guilty and been found faulty, let him be punished. Men shall well know, ere I depart out of this court, who that I am. I cannot flatter, I will always show openly my head. How the king answered upon Reynard's excuse. All they that were in the palace were an all still, and wondered that the fox spake so stoutly. The king said, Ah, Reynard, how well can ye your fallacy and salutation doon, but your fair words may not help you. I think well that ye shall this day, for your works be hanged by your neck. I will not much chide with you, but I shall short your pain. That ye love us well, that have ye well showed on the coney, and on Corbett the rook. Your falseness and your false inventions shall without long tearing make you to die. A pot may go so long to water, that at the last it cometh to broken home. I think your pot, that so oft hath deceived us, shall now hastily be broken. Reynard was in great fear of these words. He would well he had been at Cologne when he came thither. Then thought he, I must hear through, how that I do. My lord the king, said he, it were well reason that ye heard my words all out, though I were damned to the death, yet ought ye to hear my words out. I have yet heretofore time given to you many a good counsel and profitable, and in need alway have bidden by you, where other beasts have wiked and gone their way. If now the evil beasts with false matters have to fore you with wrong belied me, and I might not come to mine excuse, ought I not then to plain? I have to fore this scene that I should be heard before another, yet might these things well change and come in their old state. Old good deeds ought to be remembered. I see here many of my lineage and friends standing, that seem they set now little by me, which nevertheless should soar dear in their hearts, that ye, my lord the king, should destroy me wrongfully. If ye did so, ye should destroy the truest servant that ye have in all your lands. What ween ye, sir king, had I known myself guilty in any feat or broke, that I would have come in hither to the law among all mine enemies? Nay, sire, nay, not for all the world of red gold, for I was free and at large. What need had I to do that? But, God be thanked, I know myself clear of all misdeeds, that I dare welcome openly in the light, and to answer to all the complaints that any man may say on me. But when Grimbert brought me first these tidings, though was I not well pleased, but half from myself that I leapt here, and there was an unwise man, and had I not been in the censures of the church, I had without tarrying have come in. But I went dolinge on the heath, and wist not what to do for sorrow. And then it happened that Mertine, mine em, the ape, met with me, which is wiser in clergy than some priest. He hath been advocate for the bishop of Camerick nine year during. He saw me in this great sorrow and heaviness, and said to me, Dear cousin, methinketh ye are not well with yourself. What aileth you? What hath displeased you? thing that toucheth charge ought to be given in knowledge to friends. A true friend is a great help. He findeth oft better counsel than he that the charge resteth on. For whosoever is charged with matters is so heavy and accumbered with them that oft he cannot begin to find the remedy. For such be so woe, like as they had lost their inwit. I said, Dear M, ye say truth, for in likewise is fallen to me. 
i am brought into a great heaviness undeserved and not guilty by one to whom i have always been an hearty and great friend that is the coney which came to me yesterday in the morning whereas i sat tofore my house and said matins he told me he would go to the court and saluted me friendly and i him again though said he to me good reynard i am an hungered and weary have ye any meat i said yea ye know come near though gave i him a couple of manchets with sweet butter it was upon a wednesday on which day i am not wont to eat any flesh and also i fasted because of this feast of whitsuntide which approached for who that will taste of the overus widehead and live ghostly in keeping the commandments of our lord he must fast and make him ready against the high feasts et vos estoti parati dear m i gave him fair white bread with sweet butter wherewith a man might well be eased that were much hungry and when he had eaten his bellyful though came rossel my youngest son and would have taken away that was left for young children would always fain eaten and with that he tasted for to have taken somewhat the coney smote rossel to fore his mouth that his teeth bled and he fell down half a swoon when reynardine mine eldest son saw that he sprang to the coney and caught him by the head and should have slain him had i not rescued him i helped him that he went from him and beat my child sore therefore lepreel the coney ran to my lord the king and said i would have murdered him see m thus come i in the words and i am laid in the blame and yet he complaineth and i plain not after this came corbin the rook fleeing with a sorrowful noise i asked what him ailed and he said alas my wife is dead yonder lieth a dead hare full of moths and worms and there she ate so much thereof that the worms have bitten to her throat i asked him how cometh that by he would not speak a word more but flew his way and let me stand now saith he that i have bitten and slain her how should i come so nigh her for she fleeth and i go afoot behold dear m thus i am born on hand i may say well that i am unhappy but peradventure it is for mine old sins it were good for me if i could patiently suffer it the ape said to me nephew ye shall go to the court to for the lords and excuse you alas m that may not be for the archdeacon hath put me in the pope's curse because i counselled eastgrim the wolf for to leave his religion at elmer and forsake his habit he complained to me that he lived so straitly as in long fasting and many things reading and singing that he could not endure it if he should long abide there he should die i had pity of his complaining and i hope him as a true friend that he came out which now me sore repenteth for he laboureth all that he can against me to the king for to do me be hanged thus doth he evil for good see m thus am i at the end of all my wits and of counsel for i must go to rome for an absolution and then shall my wife and children suffer much harm and blame for these evil beasts that hate me shall do to them all the hurt they may and for drive them where they can and i would well defend them if i were free of the curse for then i would go to the court and excuse me where now i dare not i should do great sin if i came among the good people i am afraid god should plague me nay cousin be not afraid ere i should suffer you in this sorrow i know the way to rome well i understand me on this work i am called there mertine the bishop's clerk and am well be known there i shall do sight the archdeacon and take a plea against him and shall bring with me for you an absolution against his will for i know there all that is for to be done or left there dwelleth simon mine m 
which is great and mighty there, who that may give aught he helped him anon. There is Prentout, Wait, Scathe, and other of my friends and allies, also I shall take some money with me if I need any. The prayer is with gifts hardy. With money alway the right goeth forth, a true friend shall for his friend adventure both life and good, and so shall I for you and your right. Cousin, make good cheer, I shall not rest after to-morrow till I come to Rome, and I shall solicit your matters. And go ye to the court, as soon as ye may, all your misdeeds and the sins that have brought you in the great sentence and curse, I make you quit of them, and take them in myself. When ye come to the court, ye shall find there Rukanah, my wife, her two sisters, and my three children, and many more of our lineage. Dear cousin, speak to them heartily. My wife is sondrily wise, and will gladly do somewhat for her friends. Who that hath need of help shall find in her great friendship? One shall always seek on his friends, though he hath angered them. For blood must creep where it cannot go. And if so be that ye be so overcharged that ye may have no right, then send to me by night and day to the court of Rome, and let me have knowledge thereof. And although that been in the land, is it king or queen, wife or man, I shall bring them all in the Pope's curse, and send there an interdict, that no man shall read nay singin', nay christen children, nay bury the dead, nay receive sacrament, tell that ye shall have good right. Cousin, this shall I will get, for the Pope is so sore old that he is but little set by, and the cardinal of pure gold hath all the might of the court. He is young and great of friends. He hath a concubine, whom he much loveth, and what she desireth that getteth she anon. See, cousin, she is my niece, and I am great, and may do much with her. In such wise what I desire I fail not of it, but am alway furthered therein. Wherefore, cousin, bid my lord the king that he do you right. I wot well he will not warn you, for the right is heavy enough to every man. My lord the king, when I heard this, I laughed, and with great gladness came hither, and have told you all truth. If there be any in this court that can lay on me any other matter with good witness and prove it, as ought to be a noble man, let me then make amends according to the law. And if you will not leave off hereby, then set me day and field, and I shall make good on him all so fair as he be of as good birth as I am and to me like. And who that can with fighting get the worship of the field, let him have it. This is right hath standen yet hitherto, and I will not it should be broken by me. The law and right doth no man wrong. All the beasts, both poor and rich, were all still when the fox spake so stoutly. The coney lapreel and the rook were so sore afraid that they durst not speak but piped and striked them out of the court both two, and when they were a room far in the plain, they said, God grant us this fell murderer may fare evil. He can be rap and cover his falsehood, that his words seem as true as the gospel. Hereof knoweth no man than we. How should we bring witness? It is better that we wike and depart than we should hold a field and fight with him. He is so shrewd. Yea, though there of us were five, we could not defend us, but that he should slay us all. Eastgreen the wolf and Bruin the bear were woe in themselves when they saw these twain room in the court. Eastgreen the wolf and Bruin the bear were woe in themselves when they saw these twain room the court. The king said, If any man will complain, let him come forth, and we shall hear him. Yesterday came in here so many. Where been they now? Reynard is here. The fox said, My lord, there been many that complain that, if they saw their adversary, they would be still and make no plaint. 
witness now of Lapriel the Coney and Corbin the Rook, which have complained on me to you in my absence, but now that I am coming in your presence they flee away, and dare not abide by their words. If men should believe false shrews, it should do much harm and hurt to the good men. As for me, it skilleth not. Nevertheless, my lord, if they had by your commandment asked of me forgiveness, howbeit they have greatly trespassed, yet I had for your sake pardoned and forgive them. For I will not be out of charity, nay hate, nay complain on mine enemies, but I set all thing in God's hands. He shall work, and avenge it as it pleaseth him. The king said, Reynard, methinketh ye be grieved, as ye say. Are ye within forth, as ye seem outward? Nay, it is not so clear, nay, so open, nowhere nigh as ye here have showed. I must say what my grief is, which toucheth your worship and life, that is to wit, that you have done a foul and shameful trespass, when I had pardoned you all your offences and trespasses, and ye promised to go over the sea on pilgrimage, and gave to you mail and staff, and after this ye sent me by Bell and the Ram the mail again, and therein coo its head. How might ye do a more reprovable trespass? How were ye so hardy to dare to me do such a shame? Is it not evil done to send to a lord his servant's head? Ye cannot say nay here against, for Bell and the Ram, which was our chaplain, told us all the matter how it happed. Such reward as he had when he brought us the message, the same shall ye have, or right shall fail. Though was Reynard so sore afraid that he wist not what to say, he was at his wit's end, and looked about him piteously, and saw many of his kin and allies that heard all this. But not they said. He was all pale in his visage, but no man proffered him hand nay foot to help him. The king said, Thou subtle fellow and false shrew, why speakest thou not? Now dumb? The fox stood in great dread, and sighed sore that all heard him. But the wolf and the bear were glad thereof. Chapter 29 How Dame Rukinaw Answered for the Fox to the King Dame Rukinaw, the she-ape, Reynard's aunt, was not well pleased. She was great with the Queen, and well beloved. It happened well for the fox that she was there, for she understood all wisdom, and she durst well speak. Whereas it to do was, wherever she came, Everich was glad of her. She said, My lord the king, ye ought not to be angry when ye sit in judgment, for that becometh not your nobleness. A man that sitteth in judgment ought to put from him all wrath and anger. A lord ought to have discretion that should sit in justice. I know better the points of the law than some that wear furred gowns, for I have learned many of them, and was made cunning in the law. I had in the Pope's palace of Worden a good bed of hay, where other beasts lay on the hard ground, and also when I had there to do I was suffered to speak, and was heard to fore another, because I knew so well the law. Seneca writeth that a lord shall over all do right and law, he shall charge none to whom he hath given his safeguard to above the right and law. The law ought not to halt for no man. And every man that standeth here would well bethink him what he hath done and be driven in his days. He should the better have patience and pity on Reynard. Let every man know himself, that is my counsel. There is none that standeth so surely, but otherwhile he falleth or slideth. Who that never misdid nay sinned is holy and good, and hath no need to amend him. When a man doth amiss, and then by counsel amendeth it, 
that is humanly, and so ought he to do. But all way to misdo and trespass, and not to amend him, that is evil and a devilly life. Mark then what is written in the Gospel. Estot misericord, be ye merciful, yet standeth there more. Nolit judicar et non judicabimini. Deem ye no man, and ye shall not be deemed. There standeth also how the Pharisees brought a woman taken in adultery, and would have stoned her to death. They asked our Lord what he said thereto. He said, Who of you all is without sin? Let him cast the first stone, though abode no man but left her there standing. Methinketh it is so here. There be many that see a straw in another's eye, that cannot see a bulk in his own. There be many that deem other, and himself is worst of all. Though one fall oft, and at last ariseth up, and cometh to mercy, he is not thereof damned. God receiveth all them that desire his mercy. Let no man condemn another, though they wist that he had done amiss. Yet let them see their own defaults, and then may they themselves correct first, and then Reynard my cousin should not fare the worse. For his father and grandfather have always been in more love and reputation in this court than East Green the wolf or Bruin the bear with all their friends and lineage. It hath been heretofore an unlike comparison, the wisdom of Reynard my cousin, and the honour and worship of him that he hath done, and the counsel of them. For they know not how the world goeth. Methinketh this court is all turned upside down. These false shrews, flatterers, and deceivers arise, and wax great by the lords, and been enhanced up, and the good, true, and wise been put down, for they have been wont to counsel truly for the honour of the king. I cannot see how this may stand long. Then said the king, Dame, if he had done to you such trespass as he hath done to other, it should repent you. Is it wonder that I hate him? He breaketh away my safeguard. Have ye not heard the complaints that here have been showed of him, of murder, of theft, and of treason? Have ye such trust in him? Think ye that he is thus good and clear? Then set him up on the altar, and worship and pray to him as to a saint. But there is none in all the world that can say any good of him. Ye may say much for him, but in the end ye shall find him all not. He shall neither kin nay one friend that will enterprise to help him. He hath so deserved. I have great marvel of you. I heard never of none that hath fellowshipped with him that ever thanked him or said any good of him, save you now, but alway he hath striked them with his tail. Then the sheape answered and said, My lord, I love him and have him in great charity, and also I know a good deed that he once in your presence did, whereof ye could him great thank, though now it be thus turned, yet shall the heaviest weigh most. A man shall love his friend by measure, and not his enemy hate overmuch. Steadfastness and constancy is fitting and behoveth to the Lord's, howsoever the world turneth. Me ought not to praise too much the day till even become. Good counsel is good for him that will do thereafter. Chapter 30 A Parable of a Man That Delivered a Serpent from Peril of Death Now two year past came a man and a serpent here into this court, for to have judgment, which was to you and yours right doubtful. The serpent stood in an hedge, whereas he supposed to have gone through, but he was caught in a snare by the neck that he might not escape without help, but should have lost his life there. The man came forth by, and the serpent called to him and cried and prayed the man that he would help him out of the snare, or else he must there die. The man had pity of him and said, 
if thou promise to me that thou wilt not envenom me nay do me none harm nay hurt i shall help thee out of this peril the serpent was ready and swore a great oath that he now nay never should do him harm nay hurt then he unloosed him and delivered him out of the snare and they went forth together a good while that the serpent had great hunger for he had not eaten a great while to fore and stirred to the man and would have slain him the man stirred away and was afraid and said wilt thou now slay me hast thou forgotten the oath that thou madest to me that thou shouldest not misdo nay hurt me the serpent answered i may do it good for all the world that i do the need of hunger may cause a man to break his oath the man said if it may be not better give me so long respite till we meet and find that may judge the matter by right the serpent granted thereto thus they went together so long that they found tisselm the raven and slindper his son there rehearsed they their reasons tisselm the raven judged anon that he should eat the man he would fain have eaten his part and his son also the serpent said to the man how is it now what think ye have i not won the man said how should a robber judge this he should have a veil thereby and also he is alone there must be two or three at least together and that they understand the right and law and that done let the sentence gone i am nevertheless ill on enough they agreed and went forth both together so long that they found the bear and the wolf to whom they told their matter and they anon judged that the serpent should slay the man for the need of hunger breaketh oath alway the man then was in great doubt and fear and the serpent came and cast his venom at him but the man leapt away from him with great pain and said ye do great wrong that ye lie thus in wait to slay me ye have no right thereto the serpent said is it not enough it hath been twice judged yea said the man that is of them that been wont to murder and rob all that ever they swear and promise they hold not but i appeal this matter into the court to for our lord the king and that thou mayest not forsake and what judgment that shall be given there shall i obey and suffer and never do the contrary the bear and the wolf said that it should be so and that the serpent desired no better they supposed if it should come to for you it should go there as they would i trow ye be well remembered hereof though came they all to the court to for you and the wolf's two children came with their father which were called empty belly and never full because they would eat of the man for they howled for great hunger wherefore ye commanded them to avoid your court the man stood in great dread and called upon your good grace and told how the serpent would have taken his life from him to whom he had saved his life and that above his oath and promise he would have devoured him the serpent answered i have not trespassed and that i report me wholly unto the king for i did it to save my life for need of life one may break his oath and promise my lord that time were ye and all your counsel herewith accumbered for your noble grace saw the great sorrow of the man and ye would not that a man should for his gentleness and kindness be judged to death and on that other sith hunger and need to save life seeketh narrowly to be holpen here was none in all the court that could nay knew the right hereof there were some that would fain the man had be holpen i see them here standing i wot well they said that they could not end this matter then commanded ye that reynard my nephew should come and say his advice in the matter that time was he above all other believed and heard in this court and ye bade him give sentence according to the best right and we all shall follow him for he knew the ground of the law 
Reynard said, My lord, is it not possible to give a true sentence after their words? For in hearsaying been oft leasings. But and if I might see the serpent in the same peril and need that he was in when the man loosed him and unbound, then wist I well what I should say. And who that would do otherwise, he should misdo against right. Then said ye, my lord, Reynard, that is well said. We all accord hereto, for no man can say better. Then went the man and the serpent into the place where, as he found the serpent, Reynard bade that the serpent should be set in the snare in likewise as he was, and it was done. Then said ye, my lord, Reynard, how thinketh you now? What judgment shall we give? Then said Reynard the fox, My lord, now been they both like as they were to fore. They have neither won nor lost. See, my lord, how I judge for a right, also fair, as it shall please your noble grace. If the man will now loose and unbind the serpent upon the promise and oath that he to fore made to him, he may well do it. But if he think that he for anything should be encumbered or hindered by the serpent, or for need of hunger would break his oath and promise, then judge I that the man may go freely where he will, and let the serpent abide still bounden, like as he might have done at the beginning, for he would have broken his oath and promise, whereas he hope him out of such fearful peril. Thus thinketh me a rightful judgment, that the man shall have his free choice, like as he tofore had. Lo, my lord, this judgment thought you good, and all your counsel, which at that time were by you, and followed the same, and praised Reynard's wisdom, that he had made the man quit and free. Thus the fox wisely kept your noble honour and worship, as a true servant is bound to do to his lord. Where hath the bear or the wolf done ever to you so much worship? They con well hewlin and blazen steel and rob and eat fat morsels and fill their bellies, and then judge they for right and law that small thieves that steal hens and chickens should be hanged, but they themselves that steal kine, oxen, and horses, they shall go quit and be lords. And same as though they were wiser than Solomon, Avicene or Aristoteles, and each will be holden high proud, and praised of great deeds and hardy. But and they come where as it is to do, they been the first that flee. Then must the simple go forth to four, and they keep the reward behind. Och, my lord! These and other like to them be not wise, but they destroy town, castle, land, and people. They wreck not whose house burneth, so that they may warm them by the coals. They seek all their own avail and singular profits. But Rainer the fox and all his friends and lineage sorrowen, and think to prefer the honour, worship for deal, and profit of their lord, and for wise counsel which oft more profiteth here than pride and boast. This doth Reynard, though he have no thank. At long it shall be well known who is best, and doth most profit. My lord, ye say that his kin and lineage drew all afterward from him, and stand not by him, for his falsehood and deceivable and subtle touches. I would another had said that, there should then such rake be taken thereof, that him might growl that ever he saw him. But, my lord, we will forbear you. Ye may save your pleasure, and also I say it not by you. Were there any that would bedrive anything against you, with words or with works, him that would we so do too, that men should say we had been there. There as fighting is, we been not wont to be afraid. My lord, by your leave, I may well give you knowledge of Reynard's friends and kin. There been many of them that for his sake and love will adventure life and good. I know myself for one. I am a wife. I should, if he had need, set my life and good for him. Also I have three full waxen children, which been hardy and strong, 
whom I would altogether adventure for his love, rather than I should see him destroyed. Yet had I liever die than I see them miscarry to fore mine eyes. So well love I them. End of chapters 26 through 30